What's going on, beautiful people? Happy Thursday to everyone. And thank you for joining in to another live broadcast of Beats Per Minute podcast, where hip-hop, health, and matters of the heart are always in sync. I am your girl, Miss Thursday, and I have, once again, my lovely co-host, Miss Taryn, with me. What's going on, Taryn? <laughs> so, um, you know, this should be an interesting uh, show, <laughs> to say the least. So, to get started, um, let me just say this. I want to give a disclaimer. Uh, tonight, we are going to be talking about uh, the whirlwind, the heart-wrenching, the, you know, uh, I, I can't even describe it, but, um, you know, the Kirk Franklin documentary Father's Day, if you have not seen it, you really need to look, um, you know, stay here though. And, uh, you know, we won't give everything away, but it definitely is going to be some, um, a lot of information, a lot of information. So I'm actually going to turn it over to Taryn now to get everything started. But um, before I do, I do want to ask you, Taryn, to start out like with your thoughts on the documentary. Well, okay. So let me just say this. I'll start from the beginning. Okay. Remember, all right. I think it was what? So week before it came out, right? Mm-hmm. And you text me and you was just like, hey, what's going on with your boy? Mm-hmm. Okay, what's up with your boy? And I'm like, oh Lord, let me text. So I go on Instagram and I'm checking. And mm-hmm. from the little bit of information I had, I was just like, it sounds to me like you found his father, right? Mm-hmm. Everybody wasn't too sure. Everybody saw the picture and it was just like, he got a baby on the way or mm-hmm. something like that. And me, no. Context clues. Context, Context clues. clues. Okay. So I was just like, I think he found his father. Mm-hmm. I was correct. The documentary dropped on that Friday and I watched enough to where I could confirm that I was right. That's all I, at the time, that's all I cared about was being right. So mm-hmm. I texted you and I was just like, it was what I thought. Mm-hmm. He found his dad. So then you watched it. Mm-hmm. And I was just like, this is, this is going there. This is there. Mm-hmm. So then yesterday, I watched uh-huh. the whole thing. And I had a moment where I was just like, this is sad as hell. This is sad. 
this is very sad because I'm like I can't imagine like what that feels like because I've never had to deal with like kind of like not knowing who my biological parents were like I don't know that feeling Uh like not knowing where I come from well you know where you're coming from you know where you came from in a lot of ways you know enough yeah kind of like I know who my parents are and I know who my parents siblings are but it is like it's very weird when it's just like me as the child is like discovering like what y'all have going on that could be a lot so yeah and I text you and I told you I was just like okay I want to talk about this because I don't know I think like just kind of seeing it and analyzing that it seemed relatable mm-hmm. just because I've kind of seen both of y'all go through something like that like both of my parents try to like figure out who they are as people and so I'm like I can I can see how this conversation could be beneficial well as you guys um enter into the podcast please please um you know let us know that you're here you know um make sure you comment engage with us this is um definitely um going to be a conversation between everyone you know that joins in and um just to give a little bit more clarity to what we're discussing. Again, we are talking about uh, the documentary that Kirk Franklin dropped um, on Friday on um, his YouTube channel um, entitled Father's Day. Uh, What started out as a behind the scenes of him working on a new album became a journey of um, discovery of finding out that uh, the man that he thought was his father, that he buried, believing was his father, um, he then found out was not, and um, and actually found out who his biological father was. Um, The documentary takes you through um, him going through the process of finding out um, in just the a very small conversation um, at another funeral. Um, this uh, gentleman would uh, make the announcement that, you know, he, you know, at one point had a relationship mm-hmm. with Kurt's bio, um, biological mother. Um, without giving it all away, um, I think that the thing that for me was seeing all the different characters and the different moving parts and being able to um, feel uh, very deeply and um, and very bad for everyone involved. 
um, as much as my heart goes out to Kirk, because I think that, you know, um, what I'm very grateful seeing is one that people have appreciated him being so transparent and sharing his story and so many people being able to identify with him. Um, I also think it shows that no matter um, what kind of level of success you can find in the world or achieve in this world or any kind of money you have, that um, at the very um, foundation and core of us all, we want to belong to someone. We want to belong to um, and know where we come from. We want to we want to feel secure and know that somebody in this world loved us enough to, um, you know, be our parents and take care of us and, you know, all the things that come with having a family. And um, I think that you find yourself feeling some type of way in regards to everyone's situation in the story. Um, His mother, um, it's a, I would love to know more of her story because um, of course we only know his side and, and, uh, and the struggles that he battled, but what could it have been like for this 15 year old girl who gets pregnant and then decides to give her child up for adoption and she's still around that child, but not in that child's life. What could that have been like for her? Um, Kirk's bio father, finding out at this point in his life, all these years have passed that this son um, that he now has is someone he has seen um, you know, break, you know, records and, and win awards and, you know, and is known in his hometown, um, as this, you know, um, you know, big gospel singer. And it's just so funny because of course, hindsight's twenty twenty, and it's easy from the outside looking in, but I couldn't help but see the resemblance immediately when you um, see you know what I mean and it's like you want to talk about somebody in you you know nothing in you must have like even allowed yourself to like maybe think like wait could he be you know and and when you don't really know the characters behind the scene because you've only actually heard of you know more so his adopted mom more than you've heard his real mom's name. But I also think about the idea that, you know, once Kurt put his story out originally, how many people looking for a come up came forward to say, I'm the pappy, you know what I mean? Like, even though they knew they wasn't and what that must've still felt like, because, you know, I don't care how old you are um, and, and where you go, um, you saw with each one of those three people involved that at whatever age they are, their heartbreak was right where they were dropped, right where they were, you know, at, at, at their worst. You saw 
his mother go back to that 15 year old girl. You saw Kirk go back to that little hurt, you know, little boy that, you know, like that moment when he was like, my mom lied to me again. It's like, you know, that was like already heart wrenching before it even got deep into the story. And then even watching his father realizing like all the years he lost because he just didn't know, you know, but and here's the thing. I'm, I'm thinking. So I felt so bad because I'm like, bro, it felt like when he had pulled up to that house, I'm like, this is some like first Prince of Bel-Air type stuff. Like Pops is not doing bad for himself. I'm like Kurt out here, you know, just poor. Literally, like all these years, like there is somebody out there that like is doing well for themselves, right? And like you are in these like destitute situations and like barely have enough food to eat and this, that, and the other. And like your father is like, in the same city like that would like after he found out like that would run through my mind like all this time it's just like I have struggled and I've gone without and I've had to experience all of these things and it's just like just to know that this is somebody that wasn't too far from you like you said the guy lived in like the house that he lived in his son used to play basketball in front of, like it, it, it it's it's so crazy in the part where he was just like talking about like it wasn't even a rumor like his uh when his biological father was just like it wasn't even a rumor like he doesn't remember rumors going around and i'm just like that's crazy to me especially because I've lived in a small town like <laughs> like no rumors That's well first crazy. of all you know they weren't in a small town you know they were in a smaller community but at the end of the day you know they were in uh, you know but we also have to remember how that kind of works sometimes right where you know um, depending on you know the size of the girl at that time, you know, sometimes some people literally have gone all the way up to delivery without anybody even knowing that they were pregnant. Um, you know, some people will hide, you know, the girls away until they gave birth and then bring them back, you know. So we've never gotten that full story of how that really played out. And we'll, we may never get it unless Kirk mom sits down and she tells her story. And I truly hope she does because I think that there's so much pain there um, that, you know, I, I do think that her story deserves to be told the only way that she can tell it. You know, Kirk can only tell it from the child that felt abandoned. Um, mm -hmm. His father can only tell it from the, the man who did not know that he had impregnated this young girl. Um, but only, you know, she can tell it, you know, and only she can um, explain even why she didn't even want to accept the results. You know, what that was, what that showed up like in her body, 
we won't know unless she says. Um, but I could, like I said, only imagine that, um, you know, it is, we're asking um, this woman who has to be now like close to 70s because if, you know, Kirk is in his 50s and she's only 15 years older, that even in that moment, she's still showing up and responding as that 15 year old girl. Told you that I think a lot of people what it read as is just like, oh, she's trying to pre prevent him from knowing the truth, or she's just not accepting the truth. And I'm like, in my mind, I'm thinking when somebody like when somebody thinks the truth is something that's what they're holding on to like if in her mind maybe it was never a possibility that anybody else could have been his father well I, I you know i thought about that too but the only issue i had with that is the idea if she actually really really truly knew then why was there ever the ability for other people to try to come forward and say that they were, you know, his father. Because he said, this is from Kirk's mouth. He said he was the one that was talking about his adoption story. So mm -hmm. at the time, the man that he thought, the man that died, that he thought was his father, he's not saying that he know, like he knows this man. Like he's not saying that. So if you're only seeing that, like, I'm adopted and I know who my mom is, but I don't know who my father is. Of course, people, even if he came forward about, oh, I have found my father, people still going to try it. <laughs> like, and like I said, to me, it didn't read as somebody who is like trying to pre prevent somebody from knowing the truth. To me, it seemed like to her, that was her truth that it was not even possible that mm -hmm. somebody else could have been this boy's father. Mm -hmm. And yeah. now it's like, now this is the first time you are seeing your son in what, 23 years, according to what the mm -hmm. uh, little caption was saying. And you, it, it's not a situation where like y'all are reconciled. No, he's trying to figure out it. Because in his mind, you you lied to him. So he's coming into the situation with this idea that you have lied to him again. You have let him down again. You have hurt him again. So it's not even a situation where one wouldn't be like, it was, it was, man, that pain was palpable from yes. the conversation. I'm just like, the distance that is between them, that distance played out in the scene where he's trying to talk to, you know, his mom and his aunt. I'm like, bro, they were on literally the opposite ends of the couch. Like, I'm like, if that is, um, if that's Russia, they like he in Antarctica, the way they were spaced out on that couch. Mm -hmm. And I was uncomfortable because I'm like, that's like, that distance 
y'all are doing that in real life. Like that is something that y'all are actually feeling. <laughs> like this is not something just for the scene. Yeah. You can feel that distance. No, I mean you could even see that there's a disconnect there, even when he, you know, originally called his aunt. You know, and it's like you know the way she came off, and it's like you don't even know what this man is dealing with in this moment and why he's calling and you trying to check him. You know what I mean? And it was just like, you know, it was, it was interesting to see the change of her response and, and stepping in in that moment mm -hmm. with her sister to say, you know, your son just needs to know. Mm -hmm. And I just also thought it was very interesting because of course, I'm not no expert on, you know, adoptive families and, mm -hmm. and that dynamic or anything like that. But, um, you know, it was very clear that Kirk still, you know, calls her mom. You know, he calls her sister, his aunt. He doesn't like uh, dismiss her as by calling her by her name or, you know, or anything. Like about, huh? Deborah. You're talking about Deborah. Yeah. I mean, you know, when he's talking about her, he may say it, but when he's talking to her or whatever, um, it was just very interesting because sometimes when you see that dynamic where maybe a child was raised by their grandma or an aunt or a cousin or a friend or somebody that was other than their parent, they will now call the parent like by their first name because they don't really consider them to you know, kind of deserve like that type of, you know, um, reverence and even, <clears throat> you know, just him being open and honest enough to say, um, in that moment when his dad realized the truth and that, you know, that, that he was the son and he's like, you know, I, I'm, I'm want to hug you, but you know, it, it may not be, you know, what, it should be in that moment. It's like, you know, you just saw two men who, you know, are, are doing their best to still show up kind of for each other in that moment, but they're still very broken. One thing I will say is I noticed, I think they said, um, Rick is like, well, his dad is an addiction counselor. Mm -hmm. And I was just like, you can tell that like he has some type of like framing or idea of like the mental health space mm -hmm. just because I'm like it it's very interesting that when he talks like when he talks about it he was saying how like you're the most important important person in this situation you're the child you're the most important person you deserve the truth and I thought that was very interesting because I'm just like, right now, what the person we're seeing is not the 54, 53-year-old person. You are talking to that child. Right. And so I was just like, you can, like, it's very interesting that, like, his father was that present already. Like, that was kind of interesting to me because I'm just like, for somebody who has... <laughs> Never even thought that like this was a possibility. Mm -hmm. The fact that you are so like um, 
tapped in to kind of like what the situation is, it's very interesting. And you can actually see like um, when they, after like the second test, when they were all in our room, I was just like, man, this is awkward as hell. Like, I'm like, did they say anything to each other? <laughs> like, because I'm like, it has to be insane for <laughs> for like you to see this person decades later. And that that is crazy to me. And even in that moment, like, you know, when you really think about it, again, there's so much of it that we don't know and that is missing and the time that has lapsed. I mean, you know, it's not like the test, you know, comes right back. Like you, you do have to wait for it. So, um, it's it, it, you know, we we only know what we saw, and like what may have kind of played out from first test to second test. You know, being that they really almost all look like, you know, I don't know. I mean, they they all are still in the same area, right? Mm -hmm. So even with that, you know, how often may they have seen each other prior, but never really, you know, came to that kind of conclusion, um, you know, so um, it, it, it definitely um, really was a very interesting way that they kind of brought the story together um, and, um, and, and it's been interesting just seeing a response, you know? Um, so what did you, so what yeah. did you think about Kurt's conversation with his son? It was one, it was very interesting. And one, I, um, I thought that, I mean, I, I, I just, you know, I see, um, Kirk and just, I think in, in, you know, in a light that I've never seen him before, I, you know, I think that, you know, as, as a father, right. You are literally going through the, one of the worst possible things you could ever go through. And it's literally all about really you and you finding out who your father is, but you know how important it is for your, your son to know that he now has a grandfather and, and be there for him when he is trying to deal with his emotions about it. And, you know, and just seeing the difference between the two's, um, you know, just their stance, like even in that moment when, you know, this man is, is dealing with the fact that he just found out that, you know, his, that his father is here or whatever, and he's being so calm and peaceful and, and, and allowing his son to have the space to, you know, deal with his emotions and all of that. And, you know, and you see like, you know, Karen, like he's just, you know, he's, he's, you know, moving and he's rocking and he's already like, you know, and then he hears the, you know, the, the news and he breaks down and it's not like, well, dude, what, what, what you upset? It's like, he just was just being there as a father. So I thought that was a very interesting dynamic. Yeah. I mean, I think that 
I think it's very interesting um, because I I mean I don't know it's it's very interesting because I'm just like I wonder what was in, like what would what about the situation well I can see never mind I was thinking about the idea that he did have like this um, mindset of like reconciliation between them as well. And I'm like, it also has to, because it's not like, it's not like they didn't think, like he didn't think that he had a grandfather. He, he, he thought he had a grandfather and dude was trash and dude was dead. Like, so it's very interesting to me that um I don't know. I just it was a very interesting dynamic to me. Yeah. Because it, it, I wondered how far along was Kirk in that journey um after like figuring out the situation to where he told his son mm -hmm. because he was calm like he was extremely calm and I'm like I don't know how this gonna go because the way he was acting I was like he about to he about to act up he is about to act up. and I'm like in the first time that you actually are having a conversation with your son to tell him something like this this is not <laughs> small news like this is something this is a big deal and I, I I found it interesting that like even when they're not in a good space he still felt it necessary to tell him these things mm -hmm. you know mm -hmm. and I kind of I, I kind of think that like because I think what is this uh Kieran mm -hmm. he was he's the old he's the oldest wasn't mm -hmm. you like hurt uh from like the relationship before he even met Tammy? Yes. And so I find it very interesting that like I don't know, like y'all kind of did have to grow together. It kind of it, it kind of felt like they were growing up together in that moment because. There's a part when Kirk was just like, I don't even know who I am well. You know? I don't know who I am. And that was and that crazy. You know, because like that that idea, that concept, like when you have only ever dealt with trauma and dysfunction and and have never felt whole to come to a place where, you know, you realize like, this is all I've ever known. So like, I don't know what I look like, how I show up in the world. Okay. You know, or whatever, you know, it's, it's just like um, someone who deals with chronic pain, you know, um, you have been in pain for so long, you live, with the pain, you learn to 
deal with the pain. You learn to do everyday activities. And then when the pain is gone and you wake up one day and you realize like, wait a minute, I don't even have to step out of the bed like this anymore because it don't hurt anymore there. Or I don't have to take this med anymore because I don't have this pain. I think a lot of the times, um, one of the hardest parts, I think, just like of life, a lot of the time is realizing that it doesn't always have to be trauma that develops who we are. And I think that like we see it that way sometimes. It's like our trauma, because this happened, we've become this type of person or we have this quality or like It's like trauma is what moves us forward throughout life. Mm-hmm. And I think when we see life that way, that like we don't really, we don't put those same qualities on like happy situations in our life. Like these are good things that happen to us. But if you never really, I mean, like, you know, of course, some people would be like, oh, you know, He's rich, he's got this, he's got that, da, 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 you know, it's not like, you know, he's still living with whatever, but, you know, some things you never come away from, you know, you carry it, whether no matter what your lifestyle is, you know, when you, when you live with a certain level of even um, rejection or a certain level of, you know, um, feeling condemned. No matter what your lifestyle has brought you to, it will still be there in some, you know, shape or form. Or you constantly are living in fear that you're going to lose the things that make people look at you differently, that make people treat you differently. You know, so you have to always stay in this heightened state as well, trying to make sure that you stay up. You know, so that you're not put in a position to be looked at as that, you know, sad little boy or, you know, fast little girl or whatever the case might be, um, you know. And so it's it's um, it's just an interesting thing. It makes you hyper vigilant mm-hmm. would be a good way to say that. And, you know, a lot of people don't realize like what hyper vigilant does to your mental like when you are always in that state where you are constantly um trying to be a like stay on top of like what's going on that 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 does something to you mm-hmm. not only is that something that like it it messes you up mentally but it does have other consequences like that affects you physically um and I was watching, I was watching like Kev on stage, right? And he was talking about like what he would like in his mind, what he was thinking while he was watching. And he was just like, I, what person, like what kind of person would I be if like my biological father um, was in my life? Like I had a stepfather and of course, like I love my stepfather. I know that like, like him marrying my mom changed my life, but 
I always grew up aware that I still had like a biological father mm-hmm. and like it didn't like it doesn't matter even if you have that figure that father figure it's still not like you're still very aware that this man is still not your like biological father you know what I'm saying like he wonders if like one of the reasons why when he feels rejected his thing like his uh mechanism is I'm gonna do something and you know everybody like everybody that did me wrong in this I'm gonna show them I'm gonna show them and he was just like bro like I I had a stepfather and I still like when it comes to rejection this is still something that I do just because of my relationship with my father Uh and I'm like a lot of times I think sometimes I wonder what we like what are the things that our parents instill still in us that like we are unconsciously um like the ways that they unconsciously show up for us because by all by all um by all measurements or by all example I should like there's certain things about me that might not make sense because I have a mother I had a active mother I had a father I grew up in a household where my parents were together so there are certain things that people assume just because you have these things um there's certain traumas that shouldn't exist in you just because this is the life that I'm like you're supposed to be okay you are supposed to be okay by all statistics or anything I'm supposed to be okay because I grew up making the assumption that you know um it's not just about two parents being in a household it's also Mm -hmm. about two whole people being in a household and you know and um when anytime you're dealing with people who have, you know, um, drama or trauma that they haven't dealt with, it shows up in adulthood in other ways in the way that we raise, you know, our children. Um, my, you know, um, unchecked trauma caused me to raise you guys from a place of fear. Um, fear that, you know, um, you guys were going to go through anything of, you know, any of the things I went through, um, you know, fear that y'all were going to feel the way that I felt in different circumstances, you know, all this just unchecked craziness that, you know, went on in my mind. Um, and, uh, you know, and, and that's just on my end. So, you know, it's, it's not just about having a mother and a father or, you know, whatever. Like, it's it's about having two loving parents in the household working together um, to, you know, make, you know, productive, you know, adults, you know, eventually. Um, and not to say that that was not our goal, but we were two people dealing with our own traumas 
that had never been really truly dealt with, right? So it gets passed on some way, some some form, you know? It's very interesting because as I get older, um, as I get older, I'm becoming more aware of the fact that like, y'all might've, like, I know that y'all loved each other, but I also know that like, a lot like it feels like that was like a trauma bond like I um neither one of y'all were coming in this situation any like even knowing what wholeness felt like like that was the furthest thing from y'all right and it's very interesting because I'm just like now y'all are two people that have clearly like been through (laughs) traumatic stuff right and you think that like what kind of people does that produce you know yeah and I think that you know um you always hope that you know that things will make you better and not bitter you always hope that you know god forbid if you you know have to go through something that is going to make you stronger in the end you know, um, being raised in a, you know, in a, in a very traditional Christian household and, you know, and, and going to church, you know, actively going to church, you, um, you know, there's this thing in our community where, you know, it's almost like a badge of honor, you know, um, when you go through things, you know, it's like, cause you, you know, it's like, you're going to start hearing like, you know, that test is your testimony and that mess is your message. And, you know, and God's going to get the glory out of it and not to say that he won't, but it's like, at some point you'd be like, well, that God, could I have like, you know, just maybe read the cliff notes and maybe not actually had to go through some stuff. And like, I could still, be a decent human being without that, having that, that, that long suffering. You know, that long like, suffering ain't no joke. Because it, it was like, really, really crazy to me. I was watching, you know, someone as well give their reaction to, um, you know, the the Kirk Franklin video, and it was like that trauma that y'all saw is why we get what we get from Kirk, and it's like. I'm pretty sure this man would have rather not made not one record and not have gone through this, you know? And I'm like, it's gotta be a better way. <laughs> it's, it's really Please, gotta be. Okay. Better. I say this like, all the time. Be creative so, and like in a, in any other fraction of the world, any other genre of music, somehow people are able to write songs well, sing well without, being like completely crucified through their life for all to see, but we make these things. And like I said, I mean, we've seen examples throughout the Bible of how God has used, you know, different people and all that. And, and, and I, and I know that he still does, he still uses the things that we've gone through, but I think that we always have to be careful because it's almost like sometimes it, it will make you think like, did he allow me to go through this or did he allow this to happen just so I could go through this? And it, and it puts you in a very weird space 
And uh, and when you are someone who deals with um, daddy issues, if you will, it makes you look at God differently. Because when when people are like, oh, God is a good father, and you have no reference to what that is. Listen you begin to find like, what does that mean? So now I become that, that, you know, kind of loves you, but as soon as you do something wrong, he going to scream on you and punish you and, you know, whatever. And so, you know, I just. Listen, here's that. the thing, because you're walking heavy. I'll okay. say that. And this is the thing where I'd be like, we just, we just we just 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 stuff because the thing that gets to me sometimes is like i don't think people realize that a lot of the like a lot of the idea that like bro the suffering like i'm about to turn this test to a testimony that'd be a coping mechanism like you have to like in your mind what you're doing is trying to rationalize something that harmed you or hurt you and so that you could be okay just so you can be okay just so you can function (laughs) like you have to convince yourself that like what you just went through for some reason is for the greater good yeah and it's so interesting to me because one of the things that i have always like hated that people say is just like oh like we all got the same 24 hours and I hate that statement because I'm just like, bro, life be dragging the hell out of some people more than most. Like, yes, we have the same 24 hours, but some of us just be getting molly in life. Yeah, you don't, you don't even want to know what that first hour can be like for some people. You know, um, the concept is good. It's a nice little motto. But, you know, it, it is it is unfair and it's unrealistic, you know, because there are some people that are really, really battling and really, really doing their best. And when they are seeing no results and they hear like, oh, if you just put a little bit more or if you just did whatever, like you have no idea, like the the mental strain that you could be putting on someone because God knows there's a lot of you know there. I I'm gonna speak about me. I know that there have been times that I have literally just cried because I could not see my way out of getting us into a better situation, and I was working as hard as I could. I was doing the best that I could. I was physically, mentally, emotionally tired, but I knew I had to keep going. I'm getting, you know, battle over here, battle over here, battle over here. Y'all feel some type of way, you know, and and it's like, Jesus Christ, like when can't like, I just need a minute. I just, I just need a minute. I need a minute to think I need a break, you know, and I, I always remind myself that is very easy to be back in that position. You know, we're all, um, you know, most of us, there's some people that don't have to, but, you know, it doesn't um, take a whole, whole lot for some people 
to be back in a position where they have to worry about living paycheck to paycheck or that one paycheck, you know, could get them on the street, you know, or whatever the case might be. And I think sometimes that we, um, we get so caught up in some stuff that we forget, you know, um, like what it really means to be human, what it really means to feel for somebody else. And I think what I loved, um, amongst many things about this documentary was that in that moment, I think that we all, um, that were affected by it just were human and whether or not your situation was similar or you've never been through nothing like that and you knew both your parents and they loved each other and you got to watch them grow old or whatever, you still could find some empathy and sympathy for this man and for these people and for people that have been in their position, um, you know, period. And, um, you know, time is kind of getting away from us. Um, again, we are talking about the Kirk Franklin documentary called Father's Day. Um, you know, beats per minute. We talk about hip hop. We talk about health issues, but we do talk about matters of the heart. And um, Aaron and myself thought that this was an extremely important conversation to have um, because it is something that so many people have been affected by and I am one of them. Let's, let's eat, eat, go and talk or. I mean, um, so just being completely transparent, I grew up, um, you know, my mom and dad were older. Um, they had me at a late period in life. Um, I grew up knowing that, you know, some of my brothers and sisters were not like, uh, by my father, if you will, they had other dads. Um, but I grew up believing that, you know, my dad was my dad. Um, my grandmother told me when I was in elementary school, like probably fifth going into sixth grade, that there was the possibility that my dad wasn't. Um, but my mom was like, no, you know, that's not true. You know, whatever, whatever. And I believed her, you know, because my my mom was always very honest about her life and the things she had went through. My mom suffered with um, bipolar, um, with um, psychosis. She had went through a lot of stuff. And, um, you know, and so when she said, no, there wasn't a possibility, I put it on the brain cell, but I didn't think of it any further. Um, well, 2016... Uh, you know, my niece, she might've, it might've been before 2016, but my niece got really heavy into, um, ancestry and wanting to find, you know, more information about my grandmother's family, my grandfather's family. And so she wanted, you know, me and my remaining, um, brother and sister and other members of the family to do a DNA test. So, um, it was in 2017 during like Hurricane Irma, I think it was. We drove, you know, um, to Georgia. And while I was there, she made me do my little DNA test. And the joke was from, you know, the line from Color Purple, like, hey, what if I find out Pa is not Pa? 
you know, and it was a joke. Well, the joke was a reality. Um, I did find out that my dad was not my dad. In that moment, um, I had no idea who my dad was, but I, I, for many reasons, I was just happy to find out that the person that I grew up believing was my dad was not. Um, because of things that was going on in my personal life up to that point, that was good enough for me. Um, you know, things that had happened in my marriage, I would just, I wasn't willing to dig deeper because of the fear that what if my bio dad was happily married and had cheated on his wife and here I am like, oh, you're my dad. And now I'm blowing up his marriage. Um, what if, you know, he is dead? You know, what if he never had children and always wanted children? And now here I come and then he does. He loves the hell out of me and then he dies. So I didn't try to, you know, um, find out any more information, but my niece did. My niece was dead set on solving this mystery and, you know, whatever, whatever. And, um, in 2020, we had got pretty close to realizing who, um, you know, my dad possibly could have been. It was out of him and his brother since we wasn't really sure. And, um, you know, found out that both of them had passed away. Um, you know, uh, my uh, soon-to-be uncle, uh, if you will, had passed from COVID. And then I found out that, you know, my dad, um, my bio dad had passed away too. So, um, yeah, I, uh, I can say that, you know, like, being 48 years old, um, watching that documentary completely broke me. Um, I was never going to have that moment with my bio dad, a real him realizing that I was here. Um, but um, I also saw myself in his mom and being a 15-year-old girl who had a baby and remembering how at 15 years old, um, my mom trying to be supportive of me, um, taking me to this place to get, you know, assistance and help or whatever for when Ashley came um, and them like literally every week badgering me about, you know, um, that I couldn't love my child if I was going to try to keep her, that the most loving thing I could have done was give her up for adoption. And just like, literally, it was like, I, I sat there every week during my pregnancy for an hour, just being badgered and just, um, yeah. Um, and, and just having no idea what I was going to be able to do for this child. But I just knew that I didn't think that I would be able to live if I gave her up. And knowing she was just somewhere in the world, you know, without me. 
and then coming to his dad and seeing his response. So, um, you know, for me, it really hit home. It was um, hard because I actually dealt with some emotions about my situation that I had not allowed myself to deal with. Um, you know, I called one of my new cousins uh, that we call each other sister cousins um, and talked to her about it yesterday and um, said that I've, I had to be honest with myself about how I felt about some things. And uh, the one thing she mentioned was, yeah, she realized like when, you know, we first were um, at a space where I had a few, you know, like her and um, someone else do a DNA test to see, you know, which one might have been my dad. Um, she, she was mentioning how nonchalant I was at the time. And, um, and I realized that I, I had no choice but to be. Um, I was dealing with way too much at that time to, to really think about what was going on. And I think that I'm just getting to a place where I'm really actually able to think about what I just experienced and, and just knowing both of my parents are gone. I can't ask neither one of them anything. When it, when it came down to it, like, like I said, we've talked about it and I've looked, I, I've told you that um, I don't think that like this is something that you've really been able to process the information and I think in a lot of ways that just me knowing you I've seen that like sometimes you do this thing where because you don't believe that you can emotionally handle something you just don't allow yourself to process it because if you do there's like like this doubt that you'll be able to put yourself back together. Like you don't fully believe that you'll be able to put yourself back together if you just allow yourself to live in whatever that feeling is. And I think one of the things that is probably very hard is the fact that like your mom's not here. So not only are you dealing with something that she did you have to deal with it by yourself essentially because she's no longer here so if you are angry if you are uh, feeling like slighted if you're feeling disappointed all those emotions have nowhere to go because that person is not here so where do where do those feelings go they stay, they stay internal because not only do you feel messed up about being angry at somebody that's not here, you also have nowhere for those emotions to go. And so then, I don't know. I think that it's just a very, very tough situation mm-hmm. because some, like I think that even with the best intentions, I don't like the fact that like it became a thing where you 
you said you didn't want to know anything and you were still like somebody felt like they should do it anyway like that is that kind of irritates me because it's just like now like this for you is just like you finding out something because to you you just want to know but you didn't want to know so like while this might not hurt as bad or like be as heavy on my cousin this is something that has completely rocked your life and you didn't want to know for a reason and I don't know like that kind of bothers me because I feel like in that that aspect is even more unfair to you I think that like you know you know to to be honest and and just transparent and and fair to you know to her I didn't want to know because it was just one more thing that I just I didn't want to be disappointed by I didn't want to have to deal with and so um it was it was me being afraid it was me being in fear I had a lot of fears of what the end result was going to be and like I said being someone who was married and you know husband coming home and saying like um you know hey gotta tell you something I knew what that felt like I knew what it felt like um having to come to you guys and saying hey we need to tell you something I didn't want to be um, on the other side of that for someone else because I didn't want to. I didn't want to be rejected, right? Um, to find out that maybe there was someone who actually wanted me as just the daughter, and now they weren't here. I didn't want to feel that kind of pain. So all of it was just fear. And so I I have come to realize like I'm I'm not going to put that on anybody else because once we did it it was going to happen anyway. Um the more and more people that you know happens to do their DNA, you know the 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 leaves on the trees start blooming and eventually someone was going to find me whether you know, we did anything else or not, honestly. So I, I, you know, I, I have to just say that, um, you know, we are a little over the hour. Um, you know, I want to kind of just stop there with that and also just kind of, you know, get to a place where we kind of wrap it up because I don't want it to become a thing about, you know, the woulda, coulda, shouldas. Because at the end of the day, I have been blessed in that process of being able to meet um, two really, really great people who are my cousins that, you know, have loved on me and have accepted me. And, you know, and right now I'm okay with that. I do have to process a lot, but as I'm healing from other things, I'm able to be able to process in it. And I think the only reason why I wanted to be able to have this discussion about the documentary and also be for the first time 
open and honest about where I'm at is just so that we could allow that platform for other people to, you know, be able to have that type of discussion and, um, and be open and honest about how they feel about certain things. Like I said, whether or not you've gone through the same similar situation, um, you know, we all found something that have watched it. We found something about it that affected us in some type of way or whatever. Um, I hope that, you know, we can continue the conversation um, that, you know, other people will feel free enough to share their thoughts, their stories, their testimonies, their whatever. Um, you know, because I think that um, we are at a place where we have to realize that we all need each other more and more. And, you know, and um, whether or not it's a really bad breakup that happened or you just didn't know or whatever, like kids need to feel loved. They need to feel wanted. They need to feel, um, you know, um, to be nurtured, to, you know, to um, have it from both parents when it's a healthy situation, right? Um, and I just think that, you know, this conversation can be brought into so many different conversations and how can we heal our community by making sure that, you know, we're able to allow, um, you know, people to be parents and to, you know, to know where they come from, because, you know, we, we talk a lot about the idea of like, um, you know, as, as black people, being brought over into this country and not knowing our roots. But most of us don't even know our roots that stem from since we've been here because of things like this. And we need to, you know, have that. Like, you know, you could be in the same city and not even know, you know, that's your sister, half-sister, half-brother, your cousin, whatever. You know, and a lot of people, I think, walk around feeling very alone in this world, not knowing that they have people that they could call their family. That's what I yeah. Well, that's kind of why I came up with like the title because uh, when I was looking at the track list for that album, uh, he has a song on there that was going to be called uh, It's Somebody's Son. Mm-hmm. So I came up with like the Father's Day Somebody's Daughter. And I think my purpose for kind of like wanting to have this conversation in a lot of ways is just because I think sometimes um, we fail to realize that sometimes the people that we're interacting with or we come across, we don't even realize that like that's the child. Like we don't, we, we're not, we're interacting with like children in adult bodies because mm-hmm. a lot of times we don't grow like we don't grow past when these traumas hurt us. Yeah. Yeah. And so like a lot of times it's just like, yes, you are you are grown, but the person that I'm speaking to, the person that um that I, I, I am in relationship with, the person that I am in friends friendship with. I have to realize that a lot of times they're not showing up as that adult. 
like I, I'm talking <laughs> to that child. Right. And I think that's why, like, I really related to the fact to where when he was saying that, like, I feel like I'm 10 years old again. Like, this situation <laughs> makes me feel like I t- I'm 10 years old again. And mm-hmm. I'm like, because you never, like, you never, like, your growth stopped at that point. Like, you grew up, but you never, like, grew past that 10-year-old. A lot of times we we see life, we have kids, uh, we get great jobs. We think all of these things are what are supposed to make us, like, these these perfect adults or things like that but the, that's not who's showing up for us that it's not how they show up in the way that we like you love somebody mm-hmm. because if that's something that has never matured as you matured like if you can't communicate I can tell because you communicate like a 10 year old <laughs> like these are things these are qualities where you can kind of tell that the person you're dealing with at some point their growth stops and that is where they are right now mm-hmm. because that's that whole docu- that whole documentary i did feel like i was seeing this man be a ch- like he was a child and his emotions um well, I want to, I want, I want you to clear that up because he wasn't being a child in his emotions. It no. was just the child in him was was what we saw dealing with his emotions yes. of everything, you know. And I think that if we're being honest, we saw Kirk at different ages and different True. levels because you saw a very small child finding out that the person that he found out was his dad wasn't his dad. God only knows what that scenario and um, whole situation became because mind you, it was only a very small amount of time from the time that he was supposedly told um, that this is your dad and you might want to come now because you only got a couple months to him actually passing away did Kirk then go all out and make sure that the person he thought was his father was buried properly whatever the case might be you know did he then begin building relationships with people from that family you know we don't know but then you find out there's someone else and they're still here what that felt like seeing that person and and I can't, I'm just like, soon as the man came on screen, I'm like, oh my god! This, all of it. The I just the know what that know. felt like because the first time that one of my cousins was like, oh my god, you look like your dad. I couldn't even like handle the idea because I knew. That for me growing up, I never saw myself in anybody, you know, Um, the only thing that I saw in anybody was Dalfane had a gap like I had a gap. So growing up, I'm like, 
I'm never getting rid of my gap, you know, especially after she passed away. Because this reminds me, when I see this, I see my sister. I was, that's the only thing that I, you know, had in common with someone, right? <coughs> Excuse me. So I can't even imagine for him what it was like to look at this man and see yourself. Well, I can because I've seen it in real life, like with your dad. Um, but that's it's 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 very hard, right? Girl, at this point, I don't can't relate because it's like five people that look like me. So <laughs> this this face at this point is just long. it's been it's been recycled. Yeah, but anyway, I want to thank everybody that joined. You know, in tonight, I'm um, very grateful and thankful that, you know, um, you guys took the time to, uh, you know, jump on in, you know, and uh, listen in on the conversation. And I hope that you will all keep the conversation going in your own lives with your friends, your family, your children. Um, you know, I think that when we have these conversations and we talk about these things, this is what helps to prevent them from happening by being open, honest, and transparent, um, by making sure that, you know, um, our kids even know that even, you know, at a very young age when they make mistakes that you can still move past those mistakes. Um, and, um, and, and we gotta, you know, really help people to grow past that hurt little girl, that hurt little boy. And, um, you know, because I want to thank my lovely co-host, for uh, joining me, Hold but on. go ahead, Taryn. The last thing I wanted to say is when you were saying how like you hope that like people could grow up past. Um, what do you say? That I hope that you know we allow people to grow past the hurt little girl and hurt little boy. One one of the things, and I'm just going in with this. One of the things that I found super, it was like an aha kind of moment is when I was in therapy, you know, you talk about your childhood stuff. And one of the things that my therapist had to constantly kind of say to me was that I I talk about those um, life like situations from the perspective of like a 25 year old, 26 year old person instead of explaining it as the child that actually went through those things or the teenager that actually went th through those things. And when I say that, like, um, one of the things I'm learning is how to give myself grace when it does come to uh, res kind of respecting me in my healing process of trying to like heal my inner child is to actually allow myself to um to see those moments for the age that I actually was and not me seeing myself through the lens of somebody that should have known better or um who I am now and I hope that maybe some people give themselves more grace just because sometimes we do see like the mistakes we made from the lens of somebody that is like older and knows better when 
we all just trying to figure this stuff out. <laughs> like we all just trying to get past our own, like get past ourselves. <laughs> yeah, I, I definitely agree. I agree. All right, y'all. So, um, you know, join in next week. Um, you know, we um actually are probably got a couple more episodes before we take a you know a little break or whatever. You know, we're gonna uh try to go ahead and and uh you know give uh uh this season bring this season to an end. Um, so we can get ready for next season and bring, you know, bigger and better and, um, you know, more engaging episodes. You know, our hope is to really begin, you know, to just provide um, some really great conversations and interviews and information that's going to help people. Um, you know, so we thank you all for joining in. We thank everyone for their support. Um, please tell a friend, you know, tell your family, tell people, you know, hey, y'all need to come over here. They're having real conversations over here. Um, you know, you know what I'm saying? You know, anyway, I ain't got it tonight. Um, <laughs> uh, but, you know, thank you guys again for joining and, you know, make sure to, you know, like and subscribe, you know, to our social media channels at beatsperminute.pod. Um, again, we're on YouTube at Beats Per Minute Podcast. You can catch the um, audio um, version of the podcast every weekend on um, Apple Music and Spotify. And, you know, just, uh, you know, keep, keep the conversation going. That's all I have to say. All right. Have a great night, y'all.